All right, tonight on Quirks of Creation, we are ending the year with a little history game. See if you know who is who and what is what and what does it all mean. You'll find out soon. everybody and welcome back to another episode of quirks of creation i'm jess holmes and joining me as always is elise hey elise hello everybody hi happy friday how's it going good it's the end of the year can you believe it no i cannot i cannot believe that in just a few short days it will be 2024 but here we are (laughs) but here we are and thank you so much for spending your holiday days, your evening, your Friday night with us. We're so excited you're here. As we always like to say here, smash that like button, hug that subscribe button. If you're not a part of the family, make sure you're around to hang out with us because 2024 is going to bring all kinds of new surprises. So we want you to be here to join us for all of those coming up. Absolutely. And yeah, just to like recap a little bit, we started in April. Yeah. And we now have over 500 followers on Rumble. Like, you guys, that's insane. I had a secret goal of like 50 followers that didn't know us, you know, like right. not friends and family. I was going to be super stoked with that. And now we have 10 times the amount. And not to get too mushy, but like all friends and family now. So thank you. That's right. <laughs> Honestly, you guys are so special to us. This community really means so much to us. I mean, you have just made our year so special and so spectacular. So thank you guys so much for being a part of it and for helping us to get to 500 followers. Oh my gosh, it's crazy. That's insane. So it's just humbling and we can't express enough how grateful we are for you guys. So thank you. Yay. I'll stop. I'll stop gushing now, but just Yay! Thank you. So I'm so curious about tonight's episode because you've told me basically nothing. I know. So usually Jess and I have our notes available for each other so we can kind of at least have the gist of Mm -hmm. what's going on and what's up. And I was like, nope, nope, I'm keeping my notes hidden because I want Jess to be part of the game too. So love it. Yeah, we're going to do obviously something a little different. And I know we've talked about this topic multiple times, but I just really want to hammer home my point. <laughs> what better way to do that when play a game? So I'm hoping, it. yeah, I'm hoping that if I do this right, there's going to be a huge shock factor <laughs> and it'll be super fun. Probably a little controversial. No way. <laughs> like we never talk about anything controversial on this show. Never. Are you kidding me? We no, are so toe the line. Never anything sus. Mm-mm. Not us. Not Feelings don't get hurt. Doesn't Mm-mm. that sound great, though? <laughs> <laughs> that actually sounds like a lot of hard work because everybody's feelings get hurt by something. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. There's your trigger warning, I guess, for tonight. No, so, I have to ask. You're not going to yes. ask me to put my hand in a box full of spiders, right? Right. No. Nah. Okay. You didn't <laughs> get that. That was my email? only concern. <laughs> 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 I won't ask you to do anything crazy. Just. Make some guesses, I guess. Okay, okay. suppose. Yeah. So nothing but your mind tonight. And also for you guys in the chat. So I 
came up with this idea to make my point in a fun way. I'm going to give you two perspectives and stories about the same person. So like the good side, the bad side, and both are accurate-ish. Okay. There might be a little bit of opinion and stretching the truth. But once I reveal who I'm talking about, I will clarify all of it. Okay. Um, uh, the idea is that, you know, like, okay, before I announce who it is, I'd love for everybody, you included, and everybody in the chat to be like, do you think they were good? Do you think they were bad? And do you know who they are? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so it's like, guess who? It is a lot like guess who. And I'm calling it two-faced history because, again, you could look at it from one of two ways. And that's the topic is historical perspectivity. And we've right. talked about this, like you need to understand history through the lens of perspective, understanding the culture and the time and the bigger goings on in the world and who's writing or interpreting the story. All these things combine together and they give us a really messy story that leads us sure. to today in one way or another. So here we go. Let's do it. Let's jump into it. Um, Number one. Okay. Also, I'm going... So I've got the good side and the bad side. And since we're calling it Two-Face History, I'm going to flip a coin. Yes, <laughs> I like love two it. Face. <laughs> Amazing. I am saying that heads will be the good story, tails will be the bad story, because tails are okay. uglier than heads. I don't know. That's my logic. I mean, that's closer Do to with the it blood, what you will. So. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. It's heads. Okay. Oh, probably can't see it anyway, so you're just going to have to try I believe you unconditionally. <laughs> oh, you might not after tonight, but uh -oh. that's okay. <laughs> you might not. That's all right. All right. So our first dude, here's the good story. So this man was a born leader. He was trained by the best of the best, an absolute savant in his chosen field and inspired loyalty from everyone. He's one of those guys that led by example. Everywhere he went, he was a a success. The world today would not be what it is without him. He struck fear in the hearts of his enemies. He even made royalty flee, not once but twice at the sight of him. And legend, legends of him still inspire to this day. And the gods themselves were said to aid him. The gods. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. So there's, there's, there's the good side. The reverse side. <laughs> this guy was raised with a silver spoon in his mouth. <laughs> and, if it and if it wasn't for his dad doing all the grunt work, he wouldn't have been amounted to anything. He was tireless in his quest to prove he was a somebody, keeping his men away from home for years, constantly putting them in peril for no other reason than to feed his own ego. He cheated when tested and was violent and impulsive. He lost sight of his roots and began implementing other customs that was in poor taste with his people. Thankfully, he died young. He did too much damage as it was. Mm, okay. All right. So. We want the chat to guess? Yeah, let's see. First of all, first, do you think when we look back at him in history? Okay. Was he considered one of the good guys or one of the bad guys? So the good side is that. I'm sorry. Can you tell me the good stuff again? Mm-hmm. So, um, born leader, born leader, right? Tra trained by the best of the best, was a savant in his chosen field, inspired loyalty. That's right. He led by example. He was successful everywhere. The world wouldn't be 
what it is today without him. Okay. Struck fear in the hearts of his enemies. Legends of him. <laughs> the chat is just so on it. Literally everybody's saying Alexander <laughs> the Great. Trump. <laughs> whiskey Trump? <laughs> is it tr- Please tell me it's not Trump. <laughs> not Trump. Okay. I was about to be like, this show went off the rails so hard. <laughs> <laughs> that would be... That would... Uh. Oh, man. Dang it, Whiskey Biz. Always one-upping me with what I should have done. <laughs> Trump is not any of these. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, what the left thinks of Joe Biden. Biden. It's, that's funny. <laughs> that's that's funny. a good one. But yeah, you guys are pretty much nailing it. It is Alexander the Great. Good or bad? I I, I think we generally look back at him as um, one of the... Like, nobody's really like, ew, Alexander the Great. He's just kind um, of mid. He's not really all that great. Yeah. I mean, he was great in that, in his accomplishments. Yeah. But anyway, let's let's get into, like, let's clarify a few things here. Okay. So, oh, you guys, I thought it was so much sneakier, and then they're just all nailing it. <laughs> Preface it with it being history. I, th- I think that was probably the easy guess, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna get harder. Just kidding. <laughs> um, Skibro the Hebrew. I love that name. I think it's from YouTube. He's saying, "Is this a Bible character?" I didn't use any Bible characters. I thought about it. Um, we talk about a lot of biblical figures, so sometimes it's nice to do like extra biblical characters. Yeah, and for the sake of my point. I kind of just left that out. And I also um, I used a lot of names. Not that people don't know biblical characters, but I just I picked four guys who, like, it doesn't matter how much of a history buff you You mean are, Cheddar aren't. Lemur's not in there? I know. Sorry. <gasps> there are enough names in this research <laughs> that I'm going to butcher tonight. There's another, there's another disclaimer for everybody. Like, I... I will say it confidently, but I'm sure I will say it wrong. So anyway, I, I do have to say real quick. I love yeah. what answered Seder says. Alexander was a drunk and a narcissist. Love him. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good sum up. Uh, so he was born to Philip II and he was the first to conquer all of Greece. Up in, okay. And so Alexander was from 356 to 323, his lifespan. His dad conquered all the Greece, first to do so. And he first united Macedonia, then Greece. He was going to tackle the Persian Empire to the east, but was assassinated. (laughs) And Alex became king at the young age of 20. And the big, yeah, 20. And it was said by many that if he, here's a picture of him. Isn't he so great? He's got a big nose. He does have a big nose. Um, Will said that if his dad hadn't started this and hadn't done all of this like groundwork, mm-hmm. he probably wouldn't have accomplished anything himself is a big argument. I, I mean, isn't that like so many? I mean, somebody referenced Trump earlier, not to say that Trump hasn't done whatever in his own day, but a lot of times these people are set up by what their parents did. Yeah, it's true. He was definitely one of them. I'm trying. Can you go to the next slide for me? Yeah. 
<laughs> Where would I be without Jess? I don't know. But this, just for reference, is Macedonia. <clears throat> like, oh, thank you. I love a map because I am geometrically disabled or something. I don't know. I can't do it. I need it too. I need it for reference. I get lost in it. And then I I'll see be honest, like, oh, I yeah. don't even know what I'm looking at. So I should Greece know where the Aegean Sea is. I don't. <laughs> it's all good. I wish I could back out. Sorry. Um, oh, no, it's okay. Wh- where are we in relation to Egypt? I know where Egypt is. South. So, South. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's my answer. South. It's, you can see on the bottom of the screen, kind of, poking out a little bit. Okay, I see it. A little bit, little baby Egypt, just yep. right down there. Down there. Um, yeah. So that's what his dad did. He's he conquered all of Macedonia, and then Greece, and then again he was going to go to the east, tackle the Persians, but he was assassinated. Oh, sad day. Um, when he was so when. Alexander the Great was 13 and his dad was gallivanting in Greece. He hired none other than Aristotle to become his tutor. Yeah. So, I mean, a well-educated guy, I would say. Could you you just imagine for a second having Aristotle as your tutor? Like, I feel kind of close, like, knowing Spencer Clavin, but that's not quite the same thing. (laughs) Right, right. Spencer, could you just come back and tutor us, please? That would be wonderful. (laughs) Uh, uh, yeah, I was trying to think of like the equivalent of Aristotle today, and I'm like, I've, I'm not even gonna. That's the thing is, we don't have great philosophers like they did then, right? Yeah. So, I, yeah, there's no good comparison, but I don't think you need it either. Like Aristotle is Aristotle, and <laughs> right there you go. Um, there are a few legends about him as a teenager. And stuff he did even before he came, came became the king. But we're going to kind of skip this for time's sake. Also, I did mean to mention, every single person here deserves at least one episode all unto themselves, if not a series. So Fair. for the sake of time, I'm just going to hit the highlights. I'm not trying to leave things out to manipulate anything. I'm just trying to not make you all sit here for 10 hours. That's well, always my goal. You like to sit here for 10 hours? I know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, tr- I take like a 10 hour long lecture and try and fit it into an hour and a half. But you're I like it though. <laughs> it saves us um, from going insane. Yeah, I mean, I would too. So as much as I love it, I would go insane too. Um, so in 13 years, he amasses the largest empire in the entire ancient world up to this point. And his empire covered 3,000 miles. So it stretched from Greece to Northwest India. Do you mind? <laughs> Next no, slide. <laughs> slide, please. Slide. <laughs> Yay. So that I, this one is more zoomed out so you can see better. This where helps at. me a lot more because yeah. I'm just like, it's there somewhere. It's there. It's in the, you know, the vicinity of something or other. This is what, Alexander the Great conquered, and that was what he amassed again in That's just thirteen years. Sizable for a time in which they only had horses for transportation. That's what I was going to say. Is this is all like on foot, on horseback, carrying like caravans, right? Of the just, it is it is incredible. 
Um, one of the main reasons Alexander and his father were set on going after Persia, like to go back to that, was to win over the Greeks. Mm. So the Persians were the enemy of Greece. They threatened the Greek way of life. They they attempted to invade Greece like a hundred years before. And, you know, that's where like we get the battle of Thermopylae and the 300 Spartans, all of that. So the fact that in three years, Alexander was able to conquer Persia and claim the city of Babylon already made him a hero in the eyes of Greece. Wow. He needed to keep these two people like the Macedonians and the Greeks happy. Right. And want to be under him and serve him. That was part of it. Um, but he didn't stop there. He continued further east into India. And the only reason he stopped was because his army was exhausted and they were pretty much like, bro, I want to go home. Yeah. Like, we've been away from home for years. I just want to go home. I'm so tired. And, and in India, they were constantly stopped by rains and they just were like, we're done. We're done. You can't do anything without us anyway. They're so. kicking the back of his chariot going, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Yeah, don't make me turn this around. Please. Please turn this chariot around. For the love of the gods, turn it around. <laughs> um, yeah. So there was that. And without Alexander the Great, like the Hellenistic age would never have existed. Greek culture and ideas would have most likely just been confined to Greece. Mm. Could you... Imagine a world where Greece was not like one of the biggest underlying cultures in Western society. I, I can't because, and this is something we take for granted constantly in the <clears throat> West. When we say Western civilization, we're thinking Christian and Jewish theology yeah. and Greco-Roman philosophy and mathematics. That is the foundation of Western civilization. And without both of those things, if we were just missing one of those, we wouldn't have the society we have today. Exactly. And he was a big part of that. Whether that makes him good or not, we're kind of going to discuss all of that at, at the end. So, But in general, I think it's one of the better... <laughs> The the bad ones I have, I think everybody will pretty much agree. In, in context bad. of this time. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but on the other hand, and this comes from ushistory.org, it says many historians see Alexander the Great in a different light, different than being great. Although Alexander was both intelligent and handsome, he also had a darker side. He possessed a ferocious temper and from time to time would arbitrarily murder close advisors and even friends. Also toward the end of his many campaigns, he senselessly slaughtered thousands who, whose only crime was being in his way. So <laughs> I think the fact that his army was like, well, bro, we got to stop and go home for a minute. And, and knowing his temper and knowing his propensity to be like, don't cross me. Right. They had to have been pretty desperate at that point. to just. That's a fair point. If your boss is like threatening to kill you, <laughs> if you don't do your job and you still are like, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. You really right. don't want to do it. Yeah. You're, you're pretty desperate to not do this anymore. So um, I want to clarify a few of the claims I made before. So when I said like the gods were said to aid him, I mean, we could easily use the word like megalomaniac and say he had delusions of grandeur. From a very young age, his mother filled his head with the idea that he was the son of Zeus. 
And he would tell people he was the son of Zeus Amon. So like a hybrid of Zeus, which was Greece, and Amun-Ra from Egypt. Um, some say that he even said in Persia that he was the son of Marduk as well. So I don't know if he believed it or if it was propaganda that kind of, you know, like like you see in, in Europe, like God chose me to be the ruler Right. So everything I do is right. And who are you to question me? I mean, we don't just see that in Europe. That's the That's true. foundation of a lot of culture in China, right? The emperor is supposed to be a god, right? Yep. Descended from heaven or like whatever it is they believe. They believe he is like a spiritual being, which is why no one's allowed except for a select few people to be in the presence of the emperor. So this is pretty standard fare, I think, for royal people yes. i don't yeah. know yeah it's nothing new and it also wasn't a crazy claim as far as that it was very much believed that the gods came down and like mingled with the humans and had offspring right. so again it, it wasn't too much of a stretch today we're like <laughs> you crazy but you get what i'm saying and along those lines, like he really upset his people by following some of the Iranian customs about mm. like how people were to approach their rulers. So again, he's trying to unite two very different cultures or right. many different cultures. The Iranians were used to like bowing and prostrating themselves before royalty. And the Greeks only did that before their gods. So when Alexander began to like implement this, he justified it with like, well, I am the son of Zeus. Right. So it's fine. You can bow before me. It's fine. <laughs> it's all good. Whatever. Um, and when I say he cheated Tess, like, do, you, do you know the story of the Gordian knot? Roughly? I, I feel like I've heard it, but I don't remember it. Yeah. So basically the Gordian knot at one point during his campaign, they're in Gordium and they're stopped and there's this huge knot. And according to an ancient Oracle, and I mean, huge, like it's in a wagon. It's it just ginormous. Right. <clears throat> according to an ancient Oracle, whoever could untie the knot would be the King of Asia. Alex couldn't, un I like calling him Alex. By the right. Way. He couldn't untie it. So he just cut it in half. <laughs> so, I mean, you could say he cheated. <laughs> Yeah, but just nevertheless, a bit. just a bit, just a bit. He's like, you know what? I'm going to shift the paradigm here and just. But ha haven't we seen that same sort of legend before in like the Arthurian legends? If you can pull the sword yeah. out of the stone, you'll be king of all England. So yeah. th this same sort of legend is passed down throughout cultures. And yeah. I'm not surprised to find part of its origin in Greece. Yeah, no, not at all. Um. And, and yeah, so whether he cheated or not, we still use this as like a, as a proverb, like the, the Gordian knot, the proverbial right. Gordian knot or whatever. Um, he died at 32, most likely from typhoid fever or malaria. Mm. And his death was sudden and the empire just disintegrated into a 40 year period of war and chaos, basically. So and the Hellenistic world eventually settled into four stable power blocks. So the Ptolemaic kingdom of Egypt, the Seleucid empire in the East, the kingdom of Pergamon in Asia minor and Macedon. So eventually it all straightened itself out. Right. Um, 
I'm going to save this for the chat afterwards. Okay. But remind me of what the Egyptians did with Alexander after he died. Please tell me it has nothing to do with honey. I cannot say one way or another. Oh, no. (laughs) But it might. So. (laughs) Oh, no. I was like. No way, no way. But I'll save it. I'm going to save it. Okay, okay. I mean, it's not, but it is. We'll go into it more later. Next on our list. So again, that was was one. Oh, did we decide if Alexander was good or bad? I, I, I don't, I don't know if the chat did. I was, I haven't really been able to look. Okay, chat, let us know. Do you think, is he a good guy, a bad guy, or is it just like, too much gray. Yeah. It might. What do you think? I think history is complicated, which I know yes. is like literally the whole point of this episode. But he obviously did some really important things. He helped propagate the ideas of the West. Mm-hmm. I think as a person, he was probably a shitty dude. Um, yeah. Not the least of the fact that he was a pagan. So that's not yeah. great either. Right. I think the biggest question at the end of all of this, whether they were, quote, good or bad, is um, uh, does the ju- does the ends do the ends justify the means? Right. That's fair. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people like too much. He was mid too too much gray, <laughs> not the alien kind. <laughs> I like that you. I like that you clarified yeah. that, not a C. Nathan says his character was not so good. So, like, character-wise, obviously a bad dude. But the consequences of the things he did were foundational for the lives we have now. Mm -hmm. Probably a good leader, but a bad person. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are so on it. Okay. Next up. Yes! Tails! Okay. (laughs) Uh, I should try not to say his name. Okay. All right. <laughs> Our villain was sadistic and cruel. His heart was bitter because of the un- injustices suffered as a youth and was going to take on the world to make it his world. He killed his brother, spat in the face of tradition, and manipulated many into believing his ways were best. When he defeated an enemy, he made a statement with grotesque and brutal efficiency. Women wept and chose to end their own lives when they saw him coming. His legends are nightmares, and his ends never justified the means. Driven to bloodthirsty appetites by the very demons he served, the world would have been a better place without him. Oh, dang. Is there anything good to be said? That's pretty bad. Is there anything good? (laughs) Maybe. Let's see. So the good side. Um, Born into royalty, this man was stripped from his home, his wealth, and his titles at a very young age. He was left on the streets, abandoned by his people, his wife stolen from him, left with nothing and no way to provide for his family. Despite having nothing, our hero worked tirelessly to earn back his place as a noble, unite his people, and give his family a life beyond their wildest dreams. Our hero was a born leader. He valued diplomacy and honor above all else. He chose his entourage based on skill and competency. Familial ties, friendship, and affluence did not matter. He chose who could do the job and do the job best. He was terrifying to his enemies, but always sought peace first. He made it known to the world his intentions and allowed them the opportunity to be part of his brilliant dreams. 
Under his governance, his people no longer feared slavery. His people formed their own writing system and was one of the first to allow religious freedom among his people. He is seen as the founding father and a national hero of his country. If not for his brilliant leadership, ferocity in battle, and ingenuity, our world would be a very different place. I am so conflicted. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> because both stories paint a very different picture of a person. One paints the image of a bloodthirsty killer, mm-hmm. and the other paints an image of basically a noble leader who probably made some dark choices to lead his country. To take care of his people. Yeah. 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 Oh, mm-hmm. wow. That's crazy. Okay. So chat saying Genghis Khan, Genghis Khan, Andrew Tate. <laughs> I stay in the realm of older stuff. Right, right. We're going ancient <laughs> history. Right. Uh, Hitler, Robin Hood, Attila the Hun. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Man, you guys. Um. All right. Are any of them let's, right? Let's let's find out. So. Okay. Oh, I can do it now! Yay! Oh. <laughs> Genghis Khan. Hey! Good job, you guys. Woohoo! Nailed it. Some of you should be keeping track of like who. Genghis Khan, it, good job. Yeah. Genghis Khan or Chinggis Khan. Or, there's so many ways to. Wait, I've only say ever his heard name. of Genghis. Some yeah. Chinggis? Mm-hmm. Like Chinggis. Like when it was translated. Oh. Um, Arabic didn't have the CH. So that's why, and it. then it, Genghis, and yeah. Anyway, I I will probably just slip into Genghis Khan because that's what I that's how I've always right said it. Sorry. So here's the truth. First and foremost, this is one of my favorites. That's <laughs> never a good thing. <laughs> I'm shocked. Shocked. I, I tell you that Elise Shooketh. loves a bloodthirsty conqueror. Yeah, I know. Weird. <laughs> And I always say that tongue in cheek if you guys haven't caught on. Because I do not love the person or what he did, but I just love the conversation around these people and this story. And again, so glad I was not a part of it. (laughs) So here's here's more clarification. So his father was a tribal leader and the Mongols at the time were just a bunch of nomadic tribes that They were all constantly on the move and constantly fighting and warring with each other. I mean, life was like absolute chaos for these people all the time. I heard one podcaster make the argument that most women were taken um, as wives against their will. And they weren't justifying it. They were just saying like that was kind of normal. Like it was awful and normal all at the same time. Right. I don't. I didn't. I don't know how accurate that is. It was just a claim it's I so found hard interesting. To know at this point because, like, he was so long ago. Yeah, yeah. There's really one. There's really one source for all of this, as far as he's concerned, and that was like the mysterious history of the Mongols. And it was written. I want to say in the Middle East, like, like it was the Mongolian emperor asked them to write it and it came out after he died, after Genghis Khan died. So 
it wasn't written, you know, like hundreds of years later. It was written pretty um, soon after his death. So take that for what it is. That's fair. Doesn't mean they didn't embellish or any of that. Right. But um, So his father was poisoned and the tribe kicked him out along with his mother, brothers, and sisters. And that was basically they were like, we have a new ruler here now. We don't want to deal with you. They're lucky they just got kicked out rather than just annihilated. But right. it is what it is. After he was married, his wife was kidnapped. And a big part of him rallying the tribes together was an effort to get her, va- get her back. But he obviously didn't stop there. Um, he did value honor. Like he wouldn't kill emissaries. And when they came to talk with him, he was absolutely enraged if that wasn't reciprocated. Mm. <clears throat> and a sense of diplomacy was surrender or die. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's it. Like surrender or die. Um, I mean, it was pretty That's kind of effective. <clears throat> if we think back to the way the Old Testament was a lot of times God would send the Israelites in to just like massively conquer people. Some of them didn't get an option to surrender. So that's just how it was then. Yeah. And I'll get into that again in a second because yeah, we'll, we'll get into the gory details a little. I'll go too far, but he did go against tradition which was to pick your generals and like your entourage with family, friends. But he chose people based on skill and competency. competency. Like some of his best generals were former enemies. Uh, there's a story of a guy who shot down his horse. And when they defeated that, those people, he went up to all of the, um, all of those captured. And he's like, which one of you shot my horse? Who did that? and this guy stands up and he's like it was me which ballsy and (laughs) but instead of just like outright making a statement with this guy's corpse he was like oh hey okay cool you want to be one of my generals and he's like uh sure and he was probably one of the most um effective generals he had his (laughs) name was jebe meaning arrow okay That's probably because he knew his life was forfeit when he confessed to killing the horse. Yeah. But instead, he was given a promotion. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, well, I thought I was toast, so I'll take that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just going to be really good at my job instead. Yeah. Uh, But also, I guess that's a a way to inspire loyalty. Like, yeah, it's one way to do it. I don't, I don't know. I'm not trying to, like, prop this guy up. I don't think I asked if anybody thought he was a bad guy. If you didn't think he was a bad guy. Yeah, I I see Reno Rob in the chat. (laughs) Bad guy, just in case there's any doubt. Nathan, bad guy, just FYI. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I kind of forgot to ask. (laughs) I just took it for granted. Sorry. (laughs) That he's a bad guy. (laughs) He's bad. He was not a nice dude. Um. But basically, in general, if he knocked on your door, asked you to surrender, and you acquiesced, he was pretty fair and wouldn't kill every last one of your people. If you didn't, he would make a statement with your corpses, basically. 
I mean, there are so many stories of his brutality that we don't have time for, <laughs> or maybe the stomach for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but is, is let he me. not a saint? No, I know. Question mark? Hmm? We'll get into that too. But let me oh, just man. say, I know. He made it clear that you didn't want to say no to him. And this is a quote from an eyewitness during one of his invasions in China. Quote, the earth was greasy from the human fat of the slain. End quote. Ooh. That, if that doesn't paint enough of a picture. <laughs> Seems like a guy Whiskey Biz would grab a beer with. <laughs> have a, Remember, have a Andrew snack. Tate was also on the table for this. I know. I know. <laughs> And Robin Hood. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that was funny. It's like, yeah, sure. Why not? Why not? Why not? I mean, Maybe again, I'm not trying. Corpses. Yeah, he did. And I'm not trying to prop this guy up. I'm just kind of stating the facts here. He took on the most advanced civilization in China and won. Like, nobody had right. defeated him. Uh, and he was like, you know what? Why not? Let's go for the big prize here. And took it. Yeah. <laughs> and he took it. And when I say like the demons he served, I said that earlier. He was a shaman and there were scholars of the time of that time or close to that time that described him as um, kind of the reincarnate of. I'm sure uh, people probably thought he was the Antichrist at the time. I mean, he was just he was just awful. Uh, he did do a lot of good things governance wise for his people. Like I said, he abolished slavery for his people. He made the kidnapping of women and children illegal and the kid, then like the taking of, um, and then he proceeded to rape countless women. Oh my word. Yes. I mean, (laughs) he did that for his people, but everybody else was off the table. Yeah, and let's just jump into that real quick. So, okay, let me just say this. It was estimated that he was responsible for the deaths of 35 million people. 35 million people died because of him. (laughs) How many people died in World War II? Oh, good question. I'm going to look. I mean, it was like... In the Holocaust, 6 million Jews. But I don't, as far as the soldiers. So over 38 million people combining all casualties. All of it. So (laughs) Genghis Khan alone. Yeah. Alone. And that's not considering his losses. These are just the people he killed. So like he and his army were responsible. Yeah for it. That's insane. million people. Yeah. Yeah. So the casualties on both sides of World War II are just about equal with the casualties elicited from Genghis Khan and his army. Yeah. There is a theory that there was a change in the climate because the population had decreased so rapidly at that time. That many people died that it changed the climate on Earth. Wait. You want a poster child 
before. Hey, hey, Elise. Population control. He was just trying to protect the planet. He was trying to stop climate change. Don't you know? He's very green. Very green. Yeah. Captain Planet. That's what we're going to (laughs) be. Captain Planet. Yeah, I, my, my I didn't realize that number was so big, and that's that's like the middle estimate. Some say as many as forty, some say as low as thirty or twenty-five, but st- like mid thirty-five million people. I it has <sighs> to be that some of those people died uh, as a consequence of his conquests, right? Not just outright slaughter, like starvation disease like there's no i'm sure i mean he would literally just if you went if you opposed him he would just kill everybody some say he would save spare the kids spare the tradesmen so that they could work for him Mm. you know it was tactical and that was another thing like he was um adaptable that was what also made him so ferocious and and was able to conquer so much because like the catapult, when he thought he was using the best, which was the Chinese version right. of the catapult at the time. And then he found out that no, the catapult used by I, somewhere in the Middle East, which I can't remember and I'm really sorry. He changed. He's like, oh, that one's better? Okay, we'll use that. Oh, that right. tactic worked against us. We're going to learn it and use that. Ah. Also, they were brilliant horsemen. Like, I mean, these guys were raised on horses. Like, from the age of three onward, they would sleep on their horses. They would um, eat, breathe, live, all the things, horse. And then that, along with their bows... They were just a force to be reckoned with, which wasn't nobody could compare to that. Right. And again, he'd adapt when it when something didn't work or when somebody else had a better plan. He's like, "Yep, we're gonna do that. Let's do it." So, anyway, again, not trying to talk this guy up by any means. Again, he he's effective in his role. Effective. Yeah, if not incredibly demonic. And that's probably why he was so effective, because you notice a lot of times these great conquerors are surrounded by very dark spirits. I don't think it's coincidence that he was considered to be a shaman. No, no. That was another theory I came across that I found super interesting was that, you know, one of the big mysteries is where was he buried? Nobody knows. Mm. There's all these stories about people being killed on their way to the um to the funeral there's all and everybody who was involved in burying him was killed as well so that nobody would know and where he they did you know they had horses running all over the place where he was buried so that nobody could tell what was what they they had to cover the crack in the earth where it just opened up and swallowed <laughs> him swall- into hell you know yeah but i had heard another theory that because he was a shaman being buried and also being buried with treasure, which is another reason mm. why they thought it was hidden, wouldn't have been his treasure style. Planet. Huh? Treasure planet. Treasure planet. Right. Uh, 
that would have gone against like he didn't have he didn't have statues made of him while he was alive he didn't have any paintings nothing any of that and so the that's the whole too thing, greek yeah exactly but he didn't have any he did not allow any of that while he was alive mm. and um so again the argument that this one guy was saying was that because he was a shaman he probably would have just been um cremated right on or left on a mountain to be eaten by whatever anyway who knows i don't know the i don't have the answer just all interesting like hmm. tidbits theories reno rob says he was buried on horseback riding into battle there you go works for me (laughs) as believable as anything else i'm sure yeah rumor (laughs) with rumor that's another one hey i again we don't. We don't know. Yeah, we probably will never know. But all, all are plausible. Wow. Um, he did leave a legacy. Um, <laughs> quite a, in a different long way. legacy. Yeah. So I talked about population control, but but also like he helped, he helped bring it back. So, <laughs> yikes. It's estimated that 0.5% of the men in the world's population have DNA from Genghis Khan. And I wonder that why translates men. like, I don't know. I didn't understand the math of it. And I meant to send it to you and ask you, like, why did they only, something with the Y chromosome and they only looked at men. But that translates to 16 million right there. Yeah, that's a lot. Alone. And... I have no idea. I guess the only way they can track it for sure to be Genghis Khan is by knowing the Y chromosome. But that would suggest that these geneticists know the chemi- the genetic profile of Genghis Khan. So right. that means they had to have some organic material to analyze that belonged to his person that has survived since, what was it, the 1200s? Yeah, Um yeah, of 1162 to 1227 okay. was his lifespan. So, yeah, you're right. I I don't know. Like, don't where, where did they get that? How do they know that for sure? I would love to know. Yeah, Again, I should have. No, no, no. This is why this guy deserves, like, a, his own episode, his own series. He just to does. look into all of the legends and lore and even, like, the science behind yeah. How how they can make this claim because that's a crazy claim. It is a it's a crazy claim. Now I I want to investigate. I know, and yeah, he definitely. If not one episode, we could probably do many. But because it's just so much to talk about and so much I've left out again, not on purpose, just to but just to hit right. the highlights. Um. So a few other things he did besides what I said before. So he was the first to have installed in like an international postal system. And that's how he like kept up with his spies and his troops. All his, you know, empire just kept growing. So he and started speaking, the pigeon thing before Tesla. Right. What was like the Pony Express? Yeah. Literally before the 600 years before the Pony <laughs> Express. That's crazy. He, yeah. Um, com- so Genghis Khan combined with his sons, they conquered 12 million contiguous square miles. That's the size of Africa. Oh my gosh. This was done in 25 years, roughly. That's the size of 
Africa. I just can't. I have a picture of this too. So there's at its height. This is the Mongol Empire. I mean, he's knocking on the door of Poland. Like, hey. Wow. Is that Vikings? He's got all of China, significant parts of Russia, significant, very significant portions of the Middle East. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. And to compare Rome at its height, their empire was like half the size of America, and it took them 400 years to do that. And he did this in his lifespan. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the other part of this, too, is that he only was a warmonger. Right. (laughs) They didn't do anything else. Well, it's like you were saying he didn't have any sculptures made out of him or any monuments or paintings. Like, he wasn't invested in art or culture. He was just invested in conquest. Yeah. He was like, I'm just going to take over everything. I'm just going to do it. And no one's been able to do anything like this since. That's crazy. Nobody. Uh, One of the quotes I got from him was, um, quote, conquering the world on horseback is easy. It is dismounting and governing that is hard. The greatest, yeah. The greatest happiness, this is, this is. The greatest happiness is to vanquish your enemies, to chase them before you, to rob them of their wealth, to see those dear to them bathed in tears, to clasp to your bosom their wives and daughters. Ew. Yeah. Sounds like a stand-up guy to me. Um, and yeah, Reno Rob makes a good point. I, th- I thought Marco Polo was his, was friends with one of his sons, but I could be wrong but and he did he like reopened the silk road he kind of like resolidified that and so again there's some good things the silk road would be an interesting episode yeah. or discussion there's just that, so much here i know so yeah that in and of itself so this was like the third kind of reemergence of the silk road if you will during right. his lifetime um but he did. He made it safe and continued that people were able to. Because he was generally fair to people who used that, who went through his empire, who even if they were enemies at the time, if they were traveling the Silk Road, he's like, yeah, you're safe. <laughs> like, okay. Nice. Nice guy. Melee <laughs> Brawler nice says, I think if America was as evil as some people claim, they could have conquered the entire Western Hemisphere by now. That's a good point. If uh, any of America's leaders or had half of Genghis Khan's desire for conquest, we'd be yeah. ruling the whole world at this point. Exactly. Somebody else made the like comparison. It'd be like if... Um, Polynesian islands just like came after America and took over. Oh yeah. And you know, it'd be like the same kind of thing that happened here. Like the, just coming out of nowhere, uniting, coming out of nowhere and taking out all of America and yeah. claiming it as their own. So, uh, <laughs> I hope you don't feel safe anymore. No, I don't know. No, but see, this is the beauty of Western culture because we've propagated Western culture Across the world, there's less desire for conquests like this. Now, we are kind of seeing it start to rise again 
in the less Western areas, but notice it's in these areas that don't subscribe to the Western <laughs> tradition and in fact hate Western civilization. Right. Yeah. That's the beauty of Western civilization is that it promotes at peace. Like yeah. all yeah, of these absolutely. cultures that so many pretend to like and think are peaceful are actually filled with bloodthirsty conquerors. I mean. Yeah. That some people are starting to question, well, was it really that bad? Like, you know, he did right. these things, but look. Oh, no. She disappeared. To what extent? Oh, there I did. You are. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. That was so can weird. You see me? Oh, what is happening? I don't know. Am I, I think I think we got too real in the weeds of it. You know how it always is with our yeah. tech guys. Yeah, exactly. Nothing happened on my end. Am I am I back? Am yep. I good? Yeah, you're good. Okay, you're good. Oh, sorry. No, it's not your fault. You were saying too much real stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hold on. Oh, Emma Shorty has a good point in the chat. Apparently, I mixed up his death myth with Attila. Mm. I always mix their stories together. I did. I do too. That's fair. Yeah. Um, Cause he was the other one I thought about talking about, but Genghis just had a little bit more. Fair. More shock value at this one. At this one. Um, yes. So we celebrate these people by still talking about them and by admiring them. And it's like on the world stage. Okay. If Genghis Khan had, stopped at just uniting the steps mm -hmm. like that in and of itself was a huge feat. Right. And you could argue like he made Mongolia what it is today because he united these warring tribes who never had anything in common. And he, um, like that in and of itself, maybe the ends justified the means if that was if that was it. If that was Maybe. all he did. Yeah. And that's the stretch. But he didn't. And that is yeah. a stretch. That that's a good point. That in and of itself is a stretch. Right. But obviously. But that's, that's not all he did. Yeah. <laughs> he was a douche canoe. I mean Exactly. Yeah. I mean, but I just couldn't believe how much research I had done on this and how many people were like, but was he really bad? Why are we questioning this? Why are we questioning this? It's because he's not white. Yeah. I know I can't say that. We're getting canceled. Uh, well, we just got kicked off YouTube, but uh, whatever. That's whatever. <laughs> that's why we're on Rumble. So, mm -hmm. uh, yes, I would have to agree with you there. But and and again, even but in Mongolia, he is like considered the founding father and a national hero. They very much um, admire and respect Genghis Khan. It's. Yeah. Yeah. So. Anywho, we'll move on to the next one because I still have two more. I'm sorry. <laughs> and we're already an hour in. Oh, this is going to be a good one. Yeah. Sorry. No. I uh, all right. Next up, we're flipping. Heads. All right. I, I can't. I. She always wants up. to start with the bad stories. Yeah. This one's a 
This one's okay. good. Okay, so brave, bold, and chivalrous, our knight in shining armor was everything you would expect at this time in history and more. He fought for his people, put God first, and fiercely fought for what belonged to his creator. He earned his name to his exceptional valor and courage on the battlefield. He is the returning hero who set forth on a brave quest, fought the evil of the land, was captured, and left for dead, but miraculously made his way back home to his people, rescued them from their oppressor, and is still loved and admired by his people to this day. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I, I, I'm noticing a theme that we're looking at a lot of military generals. Yeah. Basically these guys all were pretty much conquerors <laughs> that's a kind of uh actually these last two military yes i don't anyway you'll see okay okay you'll see. the farino rob <laughs> in here with the john mccain <laughs> I, kept in a box poked with a stick oh gosh i'm going to hell anyway <laughs> uh, the flip side of this guy. <clears throat> so this warmonger brat cared nothing for his people, his kingdom, or even his church. He could not even speak the language of his people, and he only came around to tax and collect money for his escapades. His name is a joke only given to him because he stabbed his friends in the back. He is treacherous, foolhardy, and will use any excuse to leave home and terrorize whatever area he ends up in. He's only seen as good in comparison to his brother, which doesn't take a lot. All in all, he was never around and never accomplished what he set out to do every time he left home. His family was a plague on this country. Okay. Okay. Good or bad? Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. Christopher Columbus. <laughs> Trump. I see King Arthur over on YouTube. Mm. Yeah. I mean, knowing the record of everybody we've seen so far, it's probably a mix of both. Right, I know. The sheriff they- of Nottingham. <laughs> you guys are close. Ooh. Yeah. Nice job, you guys. It's All not right. Napoleon. Nope. No. Nope. No, that would have been a good one too, but I didn't yeah. use Napoleon. Okay. Yeah. Who is it? Okay. So bum ba bum. Let's see. Let's just see if you recognize him. <laughs> I'm sure he will. <laughs> oh, it won't work now. Come on. Of course. Brother, you have some name with a foul stench. From this day forth, all the toilets in this kingdom shall be known as John's. <laughs> if you don't know this movie, I'm sorry. Yeah, men in tights. <laughs> King Richard. King Richard the first. Yeah. Um, That makes sense. He he was never around. I got it now. Never around. Never around. And he was king for 10 years. And he was home for six months. Like in total. He's the dad who's like, I'm just going to go get milk and cigarettes and never comes home. And never comes home. I'm just going to go on the crusades and never come home. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go fight dead. for the church. <laughs> I didn't even think of that, but you're right. Yep. Uh, yeah. So generally, this guy is when look back in history as a good king. Like kind of the epitome of 
medieval kings. And that uh, it's not until recently where people are, again, were like, was, was he, was he a good king? England, I think still think so. I didn't ask them, but (laughs) England likes their royalty. So yeah. Yeah. So the, the true story here, this is convoluted and crazy because one English monarchy. Right. Is a, is a mess. And then the crusades is another, I mean, you could spend so much time talking about either one of those (laughs) facts. We could be here forever. Um, well, the Crusades is on my list for like next year. Yeah. So this kind of little preemptive. Yeah. Um, but I'll at least touch on the claims I made. And again, the highlights. So Richard was the apple of his mother's eye and he would write poetry, love songs. He'd do all the chivalrous things that nobles and knights were supposed to do. Um, he was pretty much raised in France. Um, again, the family ties and all of that. He was basically like a French Viking. <laughs> And you kind of can see the Viking influence with how he treated war mm. or fighting and going off to battle just to die in battle for a Viking. That was Valhalla. So anyway, he never learned English. Most scholars and historians agree on this. Like he might've learned some, but really he didn't speak English. His dad was Henry II and his mother was Eleanor of Aquitaine. <clears throat> That's a whole nother story. But Richard was third in line for king and John was fourth. So the second brother, Joff- Jeffrey. Not Joffrey, not, not no, uh, Game no. of Thrones. Although some of some of this, I'm like, ah, oh, Game of Thrones got that. Like, Genghis Khan yeah. did pour mol- molten silver mm. over someone to kill him. So like, yeah. I was like, oh, hey, <laughs> look at that. I've seen that. Anyway. <laughs> Um, Jeffrey died in a jousting accident. Don't talk about it much, but the heir was to be Henry the third, also known as Henry, the young King Richard. This goes back and forth, but Richard forms an alliance with his brothers and some French nobles and they rebel against his dad. And so that Henry the third could be King faster. Like mm. it, he fought, with Henry for Henry, so he could be king, which was never a question. He was still he was going to be like it just he just right. had to wait out his dad, but apparently he couldn't. So, um, basically, the king's like, "Don't do that again, boys. Right. I forgive you. Just don't do that again." And okay, um, and he makes Richard go back to all the Frenchmen who helped him and punish them by knocking down their castles. And apparently this is where Lionheart comes from, like his bravery in uh, these battles, not the Crusades. Richard the Lionheart comes from him teasing the French? Yeah, like going against the all these guys, he was like, hey, uh, so you know how you like banded behind me and like helped me out? Well, now dad says I have to punish you. So here I am. Like, he, uh, it's just... I don't know. It's crazy. Monty Python and the Holy Grail makes so much more sense now. It does, doesn't it? I know. <laughs> the more I oh, look no. into all of this, I was like, oh, I get it. I get it. <laughs> but 
This, of course, backfires on him, and Henry III, so the, his brother, takes on Richard. And Henry III is backed by all those Frenchmen he ticked off, and Richard and his dad fight against Henry and the French guys. And in an unexpected turn of events, Henry III dies suddenly. I mean, they all kind of were ill with something. It was not a, it was not a clean time, healthy time for anybody. Then um, after that, Henry II, daddy, asks Richard to give one of his titles or holdings as the Duke of Aquitaine to his little brother, John. Like, yeah, you're going to be king now. Why don't you just give him this dukedom? And Richard's like, ah, no, and joins forces with King Philip, who is Philip II of France. And I guess they were really good friends for a minute. And they basically run Henry II ragged until he dies of a heart attack. Like, he didn't kill his dad. But he totally did. Dressed him out enough that he had a heart attack and died. <laughs> This is all before he came became king. So now he's king of England. He's still better than Prince John. I mean, yes, he is. I didn't even go into that because again, yeah. a whole nother thing. Can of worms. Yeah, but yes, you are correct. In comparison, he's still better. So Richard is king during the third round of the Crusades. And this is where like his glory and prestige comes from and why I think he's generally been considered like the epitome of noble medieval kings. So the goal of this crusade was to recapture Jerusalem and he comes close. He has a lot of victories. I said small victories. They're like small in comparison to recapturing Jerusalem. Right. He captured, like he takes back Jaffa twice. He, um, again, he still has a lot of successes, but they Never got to the end goal, but ba and basically it's because there was so much fighting amongst all these European nobles that went together to, um, you know, fight fight the Muslims and take back the Holy Lands. Um, one thing he did accomplish is he negotiated a truce with the Muslim leader Saladin, and that again another character. I'm not going to do him any justice in this episode, but he is a great character to talk about at another time. Um, but he uh, negotiated a truce with him and the Christians were allowed to visit the Holy city. And I think this lasted for like three years. Okay. So there was a victory there. I mean, not a lot of time, but it's more than what they'd had. Um, I do like everybody's <laughs> comments in the chat about how Henry the second died. <laughs> died suddenly. And speaking of chat, I see 46 people watching, but only 10 likes. What's going on, folks? Make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you hit that subscribe button if you enjoy the show, if you want to keep watching the show. Are you not entertained? Right. Are you not entertained? <laughs> we're here talking about death and conquers and bad kings. All my favorite things. Why are they not yours? No, <laughs> I, I think the only thing we're missing is the half-naked dude. And then it'd be know, all like, of Elise's favorite things. I left them out. I was like, you know what? It's the end of the year. And I probably should have one in there somewhere. But I I didn't. I, I spared you all. You're welcome. <laughs> I think she's just sparing herself from the bonks. I am. My head needs a little rest. 
so after all of this, on his return journey home, so basically all the nobles are fighting about who is going to be the leader of Jerusalem once they take it. They never take it. And then they're all just like, hey, I'm going home. On his return her journey home, he's ticked off enough people that he kind of has to go in secret and like disguise himself. But he is captured by Leopold of Austria, whom he really made mad. And his ransom was this ungodly amount of money for that time. It was 150,000 marks. Those, I, th- I think based on what I could find, it would be like $85,000 today, but still, I don't think it's a really good yeah. translation, but I, don't know, I was trying to find something. Um, while he's gone, while he's captured and imprisoned and trying to raise money for his bail, pretty much, his brother John takes over as king, won't send the ransom, obviously, but somehow Richard pays the ransom, comes home, and reclaims his throne, kicking out John and Philip II, who was the king of France, who also helped John. Gotcha. Once he comes home, recrowns himself like he has this whole new coronation ceremony. Like, I just really want to reiterate that I am king. Uh-huh. Um, he leaves home again, basically to punish King Philip II and just annihilate all these annoying French people and dies in the process. He was shot with an arrow from a wall by a little kid. Like a little boy. Was the little kid's name Robin Hood? Maybe. Robin Hood's like, I thought you were the good guy. Whoops. Yeah, no. It said that he, you know, he didn't die instantly. It like hit him in the shoulder. He did die from infection and right. all of that eventually. But um, it was said that he found the little boy and pardoned him, which was a total... Seemed to be a plantagenist thing. Like his family, like, oh, you betrayed me. Well, your family or you betrayed me. Well, you know what? It's fine. It's fine. I forgive you. I forgive you. You're cool. We're cool. Everything's fine. He did that. And he said, um, you know, after I die, because he knew he was going to die. He's like, right. don't hurt this little kid. And after he died, of course, the knights, the his followers were like, yeah, we're not listening to you. And they, um, the little boy didn't live to be man that's sad it is really sad um reno rob is like on fire tonight he disguised himself by walking through the forest with some coconuts to make horse clopping sounds hiding from the knights who say me 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 now i just want to watch that movie i know right we need to have a quirks watch party i yes. love that movie so funny and it's, it gets funnier the more the older it does i love it but all in all again richard the first richard the lionheart is seen as the hero and he is i i want to say it's mostly because of his what he did in the crusades right and i I am in the camp that he wasn't like doing it because he was a good Christian who wanted to take back the Holy lands. This guy, I think was just 
based on his <laughs> his record. History. Yeah, his record. Thank you. He was just like, who can I fight next? Where can I go? Who can I fight? How about now? How about now? You? I'm coming. Here we go. And like the Crusades were an awesome, not only like an awesome way for him to make a name for himself, but just an awesome like excuse to fight. Again, he comes home and he could have just really solidified England. He did, you know, kicked his brother out and kind of like fixed that. But he could have stayed home and built up his kingdom and his people after taxing them and squeezing them for every dime they had so he could go on the crusades right. and also be ransomed. But he's like, you know what? I'm going to go make a point with the French and not come home again. I don't. That's a, such an unfortunate thing because history could remember him better than it already does. If he hadn't taxed his people into oblivion for his warmongering, like we haven't seen that before or recently or every time the crusades came about alone that alone like right yeah anyway it could have been different and the thing here also with the in the theme of all of this is this is the only way these men were remembered yeah i mean how many peaceful leaders can you name off the top of your head you know what i mean yeah, that's a good point. Is yeah. the peaceful leaders aren't the ones who are remembered because they don't make the big splashes. So right. they don't stick out in people's memories. Right. And that's pretty tragic. Yeah. Like our perception, our what we what we highlight. That's just like people though. Uh, I yeah. always complain to my husband, you know, why do I always remember the bad things more clearly? Then I remember the peaceful, good memories because those are the things that stick out in your memory. Yeah. Those are the, um, that's human nature. Yeah. Right. Like you can be complimented 10 times in a day. You would get one negative comment and you're like, and it that's ruins what, your whole day. Ruins your day. And that's what sticks with you. So yep. it's the same here on the yeah. global scale. <laughs> All right, can Why you handle one more? Like yes, let's Why do are it. I like this? Okay. This was probably the hardest one. Okay. Bear with me, everybody. Okay. All righty. Ah, I, I didn't catch this one. Okay. Heads again. Okay. Good stuff first. So, his story may be humble, but his actions inspired literature that is still celebrated to this day. He's considered one of the most important rulers of his domain and a national hero in his country. Even his title is inspired by folklore. He was given over to his father's enemies at a young age as a hostage, but rather than conform to their ways, he remained true to himself, his family, and his God. He was believed by his people in the church. He was beloved, excuse me, by his people in the church. He united ancient rivals and brought peace to an unstable land. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, the bad side. <laughs> this guy is the embodiment of cruel and unusual punishment. He was the son of a traitor, and his enemies thought twice before knocking on his door. No one was safe from being a, being an example of his wrath. He was imaginative in his treatment of the enemy, a true monster that could not keep hold of his power, even with all his brutality and fear mongering combined. What the 
heck? Again, two pictures that don't. It's like our chat always says, make the math math. The math ain't math in here. You've got this image of this guy who is overcome adversity to become a great leader. And then you've got this literal demon, it almost yeah. sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> the I like- store says St. Nicholas. Obviously, yikes. I'm going to be so upset Bobby. if this is Santa Claus. <laughs> John Smith. Smith. <laughs> Whiskey Biz is stumped. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. She okay. got us, guys. She got us. I got one. All right. Let's. Napoleon. I'm seeing Napoleons in the chat. Mm, Let's see. If I can get... Nope. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I am counting... Dracula. (laughs) Dracula. Okay. Actually, to be accurate, it is... Vlad the Impaler. Vlad so, the Impaler. Yes. Oh, there's Richard. There he is. That mustache. Unreal. His portrait always gives me the creeps. Ugh. I don't I don't know. This portrait always just creeps me out. I don't like it. So I'm gonna move away from it. But there he is, okay. Vlad the Impaler. So I don't know. <laughs> Good or bad? Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I keep forgetting to ask that before I say who it is. But good old Vlad. <clears throat> yeah. Good well, old what Vlad. A pal. What a what a charming man. Just so charming. Just driving yeah. stakes through people. So nice. He earned his title. That's that's for sure. Ugh. So the truth. <laughs> Vlad the Impaler, also known as Vlad III, was the Prince of Wallachia, was, and he was a 15th century warlord in what today is Romania and southeastern Europe. He was the second son of Vlad II, and if it weren't for Vlad probably being the inspiration for Dracula, it's hard to say if anyone outside of like Romania and yeah. scholars would even know who he was. His father was inducted into the knightly order of the Order of the Dragon, which is what gave Vlad Sr. the surname Dracul. Ah, okay. Which is the old Romanian word for dragon. Wow. And then Vra- Vlad Dracula, or Dracula, son of the dragon. <clears throat> Isn't there a kung fu movie like that? Like, I'm sure there know. is. I'm sure there but is. But anyway. that gives so much co- more context to the bat imagery because you think of those European dragons always have those bat-like leathery wing structures. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So that's where that all comes from. And the Order of the Dragon was created for the sole purpose of defeating the Ottomans. So Romania un- was unfortunately like in between Christian Europe and the Muslim Ottoman Empire Mm. And they were always kind of like smashed in between these two warring people. So enter the dragon. Thank you. Something, something like that. Anyway. Um. (laughs) Bookstore Thor. I watched the documentary Dracula Untold a couple months ago. Seems like a misunderstood guy. 
that but people say that and i i haven't seen that documentary and so i'm i would be interested i should watch it because i'd be interested to hear what they have yeah. to say Basically, so what happened in his early life is when his dad, Vlad II, was called to a diplomatic meeting in 1442 with Ottoman Sultan Murad II. He brought his young sons, Vlad and Radu, with him, but the meeting was actually a trap, and all three were arrested and held hostage. So the elder Vlad was released under the condition that he leave his sons behind. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't his oldest, so I guess, <laughs> whatever. Right. You can have them. There were extras anyway. I don't know that that was his attitude, but I'm just. Uh, rel- they were treated relatively well, especially for that time. They were tutored and trained to be horsemen and warriors. Vlad's younger brother kind of acquiesced to all of this and went to the Turkish side, like the, the Muslim Ottoman Empire side, while Vlad held a lot of enmity between or towards his capture, captors. Wow, it's getting hard to talk. Words are hard. <laughs> Words are hard. And a lot of historians believe that was what motivated him to fight the Turks. Mm. Um, he went home and basically, oh, it's a really bad action movie. Oh, okay. I still have to watch it. Okay, well, there we go. <laughs> I was like, I think he's being cheeky, but I'm okay. not sure. <laughs> I, I thought so, but I wasn't sure. Um, basically... Again, Romania's like, this guy was great. He united these people for a time. He three different times he when he got out of <clears throat> prison, essentially, with the Ottomans, he fought three different times to like reclaim his dad's space. So his dad was first fighting for Christendom. And then he went back on his word and started fighting for the Ottoman Empire, probably because they had his sons. Probably. And uh, so his dad kind of went back on his word, and then he was killed by the nobles of Romania, which are Wallachia, which which, it wasn't united at this time. Vlad comes home. His brother stays with the Turks. And he, like, I'm going to reclaim my dad's spot. Three different attempts. Finally, he does it. And he gets all these. This also reminds me of Game of Thrones. He gets all of these nobles together uh, for a dinner. Right. A trap. Of course. Oh. No. I'm like, no. Oh, that's when I stopped watching Game of Thrones, too. No. <sighs> I remember that part in the book, and I was like, no. No. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Ugh. Gross. But, I mean, this was a guy who united them, kind of. And he staved off the Ottomans. And I think that's why he's considered Mm. a hero in Romania. Like, he kept the Muslims and the Turks out. Right. and, And, you know, stood firm against them and upheld Christendom. Can you really call that very bad representative of Christianity, my dude? Very bad rep. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's kind of one of those things where it was like, were you doing it for Christendom? Were you doing it because you just hated these guys and that kind of served your purpose anyway? um, 
and again. Just way to make a statement. Like, don't yeah. mess with me. You'll end up on a on a spike. There were other ways that he killed people. Not quick. None of them quick. Yeah. None of them. None of them good. Is there a good? <laughs> I don't know. If there's a good way. I, I know the Dracula legend comes from his violence, but I yes. I feel like I heard somewhere that it was true that he also drank the blood of his enemies. Or is that yeah. just part of the legend? I don't know. I didn't really look into it. Again, this this one was really hard to separate like the legend from facts. Yeah. And if I had had a little bit more time, so I apologize because I got lost in Halloween special all next the year. Ones. Yeah. I was like, first of all, why didn't I talk about this around Halloween? I don't I know. know. But now I've got that set up for next year. <laughs> so it's and a lot of people say that too. It's hard to tell what was truth, what wasn't. Yeah. But at the same time, it's all um, pretty much the same. Like the printing press was invented around this time. And so mm. there were pamphlets made about this guy and spread throughout oh. Europe. And uh, they were pretty consistent with like, the word of mouth that was getting around about him too. Yeah. So again, his with his with historians, some of them embellish because it sells. Sure. Basically. Um. Yeah, it's just kind of hard, but I but I do think if he didn't kill as many, he still killed brutally and in a disgusting fashion. That's <laughs> why people remember him. Yeah. And I I hate. I had forgotten that he had done it in the name of Christendom to keep the Muslims out. It's like there are these truly demonic figures in history who utilize the name of Christianity, utilize the name of our Lord for their very own manipulative and evil ends. And that's so hard for us to reconcile, but we do have to like, own up to it and recognize that he was a bad dude and misusing the name of Christ. Yes, absolutely. And so that's, that's kind of part of all of this is having that discernment, right? Knowing enough, like it's easier now, of course, that we're so far removed from it. Yeah. And you know, the whole story, you're not, in it while it's happening and you can see like uh, it's probably motivated by something else <laughs> well and we know the whole story as well as we can amidst the legend True. and the embellishment from historians and the embellishment from the locals and from the yep. victors and the losers and you get to a point where it's hard to know what's true yeah yeah because you zoom out far enough and it's like, yes, you can see the bigger picture, but then you also have to question. You just have to question everything. Yeah. Uh, and I guess that's that's really the point. I'm I'm ending this, I think, with more questions than answers because. And my questions really are: What makes a leader great? Right. What makes? I mean, we we've, we've kind of already talked about this, but is it actions and accomplishments? Is it their character? Is it the legacy they left behind? Is it I know what makes them remembered. Yeah. Obviously. It's almost like tabloids, you know, the most shocking, right, outrageous thing. 
everybody's going to remember that or want to read about it or know about it. Uh, and don't get me wrong. I love these stories too, because there's so much to discuss. But I guess like my whole thing with this is we have to understand perspective. We have yeah. to understand the motivations and moving forward into 2024, kind of like an action step I'm going to put on myself and I'll put out to you guys too, is just like, think critically, be curious, don't be manipulated by, we live in an age where technology and, and information is so readily available. That doesn't mean we're not being manipulated by the different um, viewpoints yeah. or gaslit or anything like that. It's more just like have that spirit of discernment and focusing on that and understanding more so of what lies underneath than just the surface level crazy that's in your face. <laughs> and it, it's going to get harder as we enter more into this AI era and this era. I mean, it's already been hard with the social media and everybody's different voices and opinions flying at us from all directions. But now it's hard to tr like truly know what is real when you can make something that seems so incredibly real, but it's not. And it was generated by a computer discernment yeah. is going to be more important now than ever. Exactly. And I, th I think along with that too, is just aligning your moral compass. Yeah. Also just focusing on biblical truths, knowing who it is that you serve and who you follow and having that firmly rooted in your heart so that you're following what you know to be true, what we know to be you know, we might not be able to ever discern the true motivations of any of these men, right. for example. But we do know what God calls us to be. And we do know how we are supposed to be and what yeah. that means as far as the value of human life. And I'm also not going to say that war isn't necessary at times or that brutality isn't necessary at times. It's right. biblical truth as well. Uh but when we're aligned with what is what we know to be true, who we right. know to be the truth. That's, I don't know. That's just my goal for 2024. I wanted to do, bring some shock Yay. value to everybody and leave you with this little, like, what do we do with this? I don't have all the answers. <laughs> I love it. Well, it's a reminder that history is complicated, but that doesn't yeah. mean we should ignore it. I mean, the last couple of years, there have been people across our nation who have tried to dismantle the uglier parts of our history yep. because it was ugly. And that doesn't help anybody. I mean, we've <laughs> talked about a lot of ugly history tonight, yes. but that is so we can learn from it. So we don't repeat it. So we recognize those people when they yeah. step into modern times Yeah, because history does repeat itself. Yeah, exactly. It's a cliche because it's true. Yeah history repeats itself. And again, just the wisdom that we can glean from these things, like you said, to see the patterns repeat themselves because they do and recognize it for what it is. Yep. So yeah. Armor yourselves. Get ready. That's all. Put on the uh -huh. armor of God every day. I love it. Right <laughs> uh, but anywho, that I think is it for tonight. Yeah. I mean, except for our chat, but do you have anything? Right. 
to add, do you know what we're doing next week? <laughs> so next week, assuming I could get my poop in a group and actually do my research, <laughs> um, we're going to talk about CRISPR and Ooh. genetic editing. And I've been wary about broaching biology subjects because I'm not a biologist. But I can work my way around some adenine, cytosine, thymine, guanine. You don't know what that is? Absolutely. We'll talk about it. Yeah. And mostly I want to talk about the morality of genetic editing because it's coming. And I I read a lot of Blake Crouch's books this past year. And one of the books um, called Upgrade dealt with the sci-fi right ramifications of CRISPR if it got too advanced that we could basically make superhumans and it's scary to think that we're not super far from that so we're going to get into all of that and the morality of superhumans it'll be interesting I could be a superhero Uh, I don't know about that (laughs) I'm excited I think that is going to be an awesome way to kick off 2024 woohoo um yeah, let's. <laughs> oh, before we head over, I do want to yes. give a special shout out to our friend Frida, who is giving a very special New Year's Eve episode. Yes. So if you don't follow her channel, Finding the Faith, make sure you do go follow her because uh, we were part of helping her construct that. I don't know if we're allowed to say that or not. Oops. Um, but it's. It's a special episode. You guys are going to love it. It is going to be amazing. So please make sure you go subscribe to her show, Finding the Faith, um, because she's awesome. And I can't wait for you guys to see that. All right. Anything else? And she gives us memes every week. Yeah. She's amazing. She gives us all the memes. Oh, I'm so excited. It's um, January 1st, 7 p.m. So excited. I... We'll have to mute myself. But All right, the rest January I'm excited 2nd, to listen January to. January 2nd. What did I say? I don't know. January 1st. That's what I meant. The second. The January Tuesday. is the first month, second day, <laughs> the year of our Lord, 2024. There we go. Okay. Yeah, it'll be amazing. All right, so stay tuned. We're going to look Yay. at some memes. We're going to hang out with our chat. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Stay quick.